Let's foray into Nevada's wild spaces. This is a half an hour adventure with the Nevada Department of Wildlife. This is Nevada Wild. Here on this Welcome to Nevada Wild, brought to you by the Nevada Department of Wildlife. I'm Ashley Sanchez in the podcast room with Aaron Keller and one of our favorite guests. I probably shouldn't play favorites, but you are one of our favorites, <laughs> Heather Reich, our bear biologist. And every time you come on, it's the perfect time for you to come on because it's when bears are getting active again. And right now they're going through hyperphagia. But today you wanted to do a little bit of fact-checking and myth-busting because there's a lot of misinformation out there. So welcome and thanks for coming in, Heather. Well, always thanks for having me. It's always a pleasure to come in and, and talk a little bit about bears. So yeah, I'm happy to be here. Of course. So I think that is the fun thing with Heather is that she always wants to talk about bears. She, yep. Like she gets, <laughs> she's, gets excited about it. She's happy to talk about them, even at standing in the doorway. Yeah. Or recording a podcast. Or so. even, I mean, she works around the clock, basically. Uh, <laughs> right. With bears. Right now, yes. <laughs> bears are your life. And you own bear dogs. Yes, I do. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> it consumes your life. It's a lifestyle. Um, so where, where should we start? Like, what are, I mean, we've seen a lot of bear activity. I've seen the post on, I have the Ring app and Nextdoor. And it's just been blowing up with bear stuff. So... Are you, it sounds like you're hearing some misinformation and people freak out about different things. Um. Yeah, we, you know, this time of year, of course, we've got people that are seeing bears more often. Uh, they're moving around a lot more. And um, there are some people out there that are just, they're confused about the things as simple as what kind of bear do we have here? Um, our bears like to, to uh, make that hard on us because while all that we have here in Nevada are North American black bears, majority of our bears bears are brown in color and that's very confusing to people because of course we have brown bears out there which are what we actually call grizzly bears but we don't have those in Nevada so people get very confused um, so that's one thing that I, I always try and tell people is you know all we have here are North American black bears but majority of our bears are brown in color and it has nothing to do with like evolving camouflage or anything like that in Nevada it is simply the genetic flow that happened as black bears worked their way across the United States our are dominated by this brown phased gene so you know when people see a brown colored black bear in their yard that's pretty typical um, actually seeing a black one while not rare is pretty special um, so just wanted to always put that out there that nope all we have are black bears but they're brown in color yeah that was my number one when I was while doing when I do wildlife education is uh, number one trivia question to like I'll bet the kids 10 push-ups if they get it right you know and or if they get it wrong, and yeah, what kind of bears do we have here? And I'll hold up a brown phased black bear, and they never get it right. Would so they, they always owe me 10 push ups. What would they guess? Grizzly bear? Brown bear. Brown bear. Yeah, they would just <laughs> say brown bear, but yeah. Yeah, it's actually more common to see a brown bear. Absolutely. Than a black one. So I got uh, yelled at by an elementary school kid who said I needed to fix that because we shouldn't be calling them black bears if they come in a variety of <laughs> colors. So <laughs> right. it's a little little above my pay uh, grade. Way <laughs> above your, I think it's even above Tony, our it director's is. pay grade. <laughs> 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 like it's a so but they can be blonde, brown, black. They mm -hmm. can have I always say they can have blonde spots. 
Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, you know, I mean, when you're shedding out your winter coat into your summer coat, there can be a little bit of transition in what that coloring looks like. So, yeah. Yeah. Yep. So just one thing I wanted to throw out there for everybody. All we have are black bears. That's it. You don't have to worry when you see a brown one. Just a black bear. <laughs> Good to know. Good information. The other thing that floats around out there is, you know, we, we have a lot of bears that are tagged. And we tag bears for a variety of reasons here in Nevada. A lot of people think it's just conflict bears, and that's not true. Um, any bear that we handle, research, if we're worried about its health and we handle it, or a conflict bear, they are tagged. And the other rumor that is floating around out there, and I don't know where this started, <laughs> is that <laughs> when somebody sees a, a bear with multiple tags in its ears, that means that that bear has been caught a number of times, and the next time we catch it, we're going to kill it. And that is hmm. not true. The first time we handle a bear, for whatever reason it gets handled by us, it gets three tags. And the one tag is a great big colored tag with a number on it. And that's its identification. So it's green 34 or red 12 or whatever. The color means nothing. It just means we ran out of blue tags and now we're into green. And we're running out of green tags and we're going to move on to red. The color means nothing. That's simply the identification of the bear for us. We don't name our bears here. Um, they also get a little orange tag, and that is what we call the wildlife health tag. And that's actually the number that our veterinary staff use to follow their biological samples that we take. Their hair, uh, their blood, all that kind of good stuff goes into the wildlife health file. They also get a little yellow tag, and that's the call before consuming tag that we legally have to put in a bear's ear because, of course, we have a hunt. Mm -hmm. And if that bear is harvested within a certain period of time of that bear having been chemically immobilized, we use that number to tell the hunter whether or not that food is safe to consume. Hmm. So if, if a bear is harvested within a 30-day period of having been chemically immobilized, we have to tell that, that individual you cannot consume that meat um, but otherwise outside of that 30 days it's fine to consume it now people get confused about that when we handle a bear in February and our harvest doesn't start until September 15th but if that bear gets poached and that poacher actually ingests that meat within that period of time we are still liable which is really messed mm. up logic, yeah. <laughs> but we are still legally liable if that person has a bad reaction because of that. So at any point in time, that yellow tag is going to be in a bear's ear that we have captured. So I just wanted to put that out there. Three tags, the first time we ever meet a bear. So it has nothing to do with how many times that bear has been captured or why that bear has been captured. If we've met, or if, yeah, if we've met a bear, it has three tags. So you're going to see any bear we've handled with three tags. People. Absolutely. That's how it, yep. it is. Yep. Interesting. Mm -hmm. That is really interesting. And we've never really talked about this. <laughs> no, that's why, you know, yeah. we talk so much about conflict mitigation. I'm like, you know what? We just need to get back down to the basics for, for one of these and just talk about the cute little fuzzy creatures that are bears. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I think we actually did one last year. I love that one too. And you talked about their biology and behaviors that was a fun one right like yeah that. yeah um any other misinformation you're seeing out there you know there's there's always the concern about females with cubs and I think this probably goes way back to wives tales when we did in fact have grizzly bears across the United States um and so that kind of gets into the evolution of bears. But uh, the f general message I want to put out is don't 
be afraid of a female with cubs. So black bears evolved in trees. And if a mom feels like her cubs are in danger, she's going to tell them to go up a tree. Um, this is in opposite to grizzly bears who grew up without trees. And if you get even within 100 yards of a mom with her cubs, she is probably going to come at you. You know, mm -hmm. whether she actually attacks or it's just a bluff charge, she bear grizzly bears usually, I always say, they, they kind of attack first and ask questions later because it's mm -hmm. just how they can defend themselves. Mm -hmm. Black bears go up trees. So, you know, there's a lot of people who are very scared if they see a female with cubs in their yard that, oh my gosh, if I were to ever get between them, she's going to attack and kill me. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. With black bears, we do not see that defensive behavior with females. The only time that I am ever aware of a female black bear attacking over cubs is when it's a complete surprise. And usually it's with people that are out running or biking on trails and mm. they're very quiet and they're very fast and they happen upon the scene and mom doesn't actually have the time to get the cubs up the tree and feel like, okay, my babies are safe. So those are the only times I've ever actually heard of a black bear mom attacking over her cubs. That is good to know. And I feel like I'm learning this right now too, because I've always had that idea that you don't want to be between a mom and her cubs. Yeah, no, um, it's, you know, it's, yeah. That's yeah. really good to know. It's but still, don't approach a mom and her cubs. No, obviously. don't. Don't ask for it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it's don't another reason why, either. yeah, we tell people make noise when you're out in the woods. And that lets mom know, oh, there are people here. I, I can, I have plenty of time to get my cubs up a tree or move them away. Um, you know, a perfect example of all of this is a couple of weeks ago, I had a female with two cubs that was in a neighborhood and the mom was in a pond right outside the front door and a neighbor was absolutely panicking because it was an elderly couple that lived inside the house and he felt that he needed to keep them from coming out and being attacked by this bear. And mm. I said, you know, it's okay. When I got there, I didn't know where the cubs were. I just ran up and chased mom out of the pond. Mm -hmm. And she ran around to the back of the house. And then I looked up and there are the cubs in the tree right above me. So I backed everybody off. Mom came back around the house. We watched her climb up the trees. She made a couple noises. The cubs came down and off they went. Hmm. So I literally put myself between a female <laughs> yeah. and her cubs. And she was like, okay, she I'll just, yeah. I mean, th there, there was nothing defensive. So that's just something I want to put out there is don't be scared if you see a mom with cubs. Just let her know you're there. Be aware of where the cubs are. Let them get together, you know, b and, and just back away. Let mom go and get her cubs. And she may even just climb the tree and join them. And mm -hmm. they'll just hang out there for a few hours. Just leave them alone. But don't be scared. So what, so if I am in that situation that that couple's in, I look out and there's a bear and, or there's a bear in the backyard and cubs. So just stay inside. Yeah. Um, yeah. Don't go take pictures because that's obviously. just teaching the cubs like people are your friends. No, I would just, I'd open a window or door and yell at yell, them, make them feel okay. uncomfortable. Tell mom, you know, this is not, not your playground. Go take your cubs somewhere else. Got mm -hmm. it. Okay. That's simple enough. Yeah. <laughs> I guess the the other thing, if we still have some time, is um, to talk about injured bears. Because that's another myth out there is that, you know, an injured bear is an incredibly dangerous animal. And I've never had a situation like that where I've had an injured bear and it's been any kind of a threat. And I actually reached out to other bear managers in other states and just said, hey, has anyone actually experienced this? And a few of the grizzly bear biologists said, well, when you walk up on a bear that's been, you know, hit by a car or something and it can't move, yeah, that can be an aggressive animal. But as far as like a limping bear 
or anything like that. This is not a dangerous creature. It's nothing that you should be scared of. And along those lines, if you see a bear that's limping, it probably is. They have a really hard life out there. Um, we have bears that have been nicked by a car and they may have a broken leg that has healed up and they're limping on that. But as long as they're mobile and able to eat and drink, we don't touch them. We've actually got a few three-legged bears out mm. there that we see on ring cameras and stuff like that. Um, and we get a lot of calls about them. A lot of people are very concerned about their injuries and things. Folks, bears are incredibly <laughs> tough animals. They survive a huge amount of injury and do just fine. And they are not more dangerous and they do not need help. If they are mobile, then they are eating and drinking just fine, and you don't need to throw, throw food out to them. And mm. no, we're not no. going to come and take them to a vet. It's just not going to happen. I was going to say, if they're seeing the three-legged bear on their camera, it's probably okay because <laughs> it had to walk there. And yeah. It's finding food. Yeah, the water. other thing is that bears bite each other, right? Mm -hmm. So they could be injured from that or, I mean anything really i've seen some massive scars on bears that have healed up just fine and bears perfectly healthy like these animals have lived for thousands and thousands Without of years and <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> they have they have had to learn to be very tough and and very uh they heal up really well they know how to take care of themselves exactly well that takes us right to our break so we will be right back you are listening to Nevada Wild. If you enjoy listening to our podcast, leave us a review on iTunes and SoundCloud. For more information on hunting, fishing, boating, and all things wildlife, go to endow.org. Now back to the show. Welcome back to Nevada Wild. Today we are here with Heather Reich, our bear biologist, um, as we get into the early months of hyperphagia, which is officially kicking in. I realize I'm becoming one of the biologists and saying hyperphagia like everyone knows what that is. <laughs> Absolutely. So could you explain what hyperphagia is? To Absolutely. That so um, hyperphagia is just basically that... Um, it, it's hyper eating is what it is basically and it is at the point in time where bears need to get every single day 20 to 25,000 calories on board in order to prepare their body for the denning period and not eating for a number of months and you know you throw out a number like 20 25,000 calories people are like I'm not sure how to really to that well imagine eating 60 cheeseburgers every day Oh my gosh. And that is your <laughs> 20 to 25,000 calories, which, you know, I mean, there are some people who probably would say that would be a dream. Yeah. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that just makes my stomach hurt. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but they will do this for the next few months. This is, this is very normal. Um, it starts about now. It'll go through, you know, October and November. And then in November, they'll start denning. But they need to eat right now. They'll be active for about 20 hours a day. And that kind of goes into the whole rumor mill again, where people think they shouldn't be seeing bears during the day, that they only come out at night, and that's just not true. Um, they typically, in urban areas, they do come out mostly at night, mainly because they don't want to bump into people. But when you have to get twenty to 25,000 calories on board, it's not like they can just drive up to the, the drive-thru at a fast food restaurant and say, hey, hand me 60 cheeseburgers. Right. Like yeah. that's, that's a long period of time to try and gather that many calories every day. So they're pretty much just eating 
all day. Yeah, I mean, or searching for food, or Mm -hmm. and when you think of what they eat, grasses, berries, that does not equal. It takes a lot of that to equal one hamburger, let alone sixty. So that's why we end up seeing them searching for food. So what's like the bit? So they eat lots of grass, berries, things like that. But what's where do they get the majority of their calories? This time of year, it's usually going to be in the berries, um, berries. and the pine nuts. We're going to be seeing the pine nuts coming on. And so those are a huge caloric gain for bears is those pine nuts. And this year, it looks like we're going to be pretty good on pine nuts. The last two That's years, we've had a failure of them, yeah. which has really been a bad impact. The berries are hit and miss from what I've been able to see. Um, the manzanitas are, you know, you'll see a whole bunch of bushes and that one has a bunch of berries and that one doesn't have any and that one doesn't have any. That one has a few. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of hit and miss as far as um, what the berries are going to be able to access to get those calories on. Insects, of course, are a very important thing right now. They can get a lot of protein from them. Because of all of this, because of this need to get all of these calories on board and the spread of where these resources are, we're now seeing bears moving around a lot more. Mm-hmm. So on top of you know being aware that a bear could be in your yard at any point in time, especially if you live against a creek or anything like that, any kind of ravine that might be a natural travel corridor, those irrigation ditches, um, you also have to be very aware of them on the s- roads. Um, this is about the time of year where we start seeing a lot more bears getting hit and killed by cars because they're moving around a lot more so Mm -hmm. people need to be very aware especially on those fast moving roads like the Mount Rose Highway or Kingsbury Grade or Highway 50 um, and 395 down through Douglas County those are really big hot spots for bears moving across and potentially getting hit good to know and like you said it's not just I know we always say wildlife is most active at dawn and dusk on roadways but this could be any time in the day yeah any time day or night and of course they are dark animals and they are very hard to see until you're up on top of them so Mm -hmm. just be very careful out there Okay. And yeah, I've been scared like quite a few times with black cows, so I could imagine a black bear is kind <laughs> oh of the yeah. same way. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. You know, at night. And those signs, aren't we didn't just NDOT or whoever puts out the wildlife crossing signs, they didn't just stick them there for no reason. Every sign is placed because that's a place where yeah. wildlife yep. is known to cross. We work really closely with Nova Simpson, who's the biologist for the Department of Transportation, mm-hmm. and we find those spots, those kind of hot spots, and they will then put up the signs before those hot spots saying, hey, be aware of bear crossing in this area. Now, it does not mean that bears don't cross at <laughs> places outside yes, of those exactly. signs. Good <laughs> point. <laughs> but it does give you an idea of areas to be a little bit more wary. Yeah, but yeah and trying to get trying to get all those calories in, they're moving constantly mm-hmm. so there could be traveling and they don't pay attention where yeah, the absolutely. roads are necessarily but and then the other one is the water is such a hot spot so mm-hmm. if you're around water or water's nearby they're coming and going from that and you might not even know it yeah so. absolutely and absolutely once again remember some bears may be three-legged bears they don't <laughs> need your help some bears might be a mom with cubs they're not as dangerous and scary as you might think so just shout out your window and they'll go running the other way yeah <laughs> yep <laughs> always so make much. the bears feel <laughs> uncomfortable it it helps us and it helps the bears because we don't want bears thinking that they're like part of the neighborhood and they just hang out and come up and say hi that's 
that's not okay. And I, I feel like uh, a lot of times there's a little bit of lack of respect of bears because they are so adorable and they're so cute and they're so fun to watch. But the fact of the matter is they are wild animals. Mm -hmm. And these moms are teaching these adorable little cubs, but that can go the wrong way if they learn, hey, we hang out with people. So, exactly. you know, respect that uh, they are adorable and they are fun and they are goofy, but please don't let them stick around. Don't invite them to your neighborhood. Yeah. We need to keep yeah, them I wild. That's how we all coexist. Yeah. I could imagine seeing a bear, you know, sitting under your apple tree, just eating apples is probably pretty adorable. Oh, but yeah. yeah. I mean, we see the, I us. see the swimming pool videos, bears oh, in pools. Those are the cutest, They're but, so cute. <laughs> but not good people. <laughs> don't. I know. It's hard. It's hard. <laughs> hard to balance that all out because <laughs> I enjoy seeing it too but at the same time whenever I see the, those videos I'm like why are they doing that's that? how why? my ever since working here when I see those videos I'm like come on people but no. at the same time you can't help but that shows how much we appreciate the bears. Absolutely. absolutely you can't help but they have are, an appreciation for them they are wonderful creatures for sure and then um some of our listeners in southern Nevada they may be thinking um this doesn't apply to me but yeah. who knows it could apply anywhere in Nevada right now. So, uh, you know, we have bears ha that have started coming back into Nevada. Now, Nevada used to have bears all over in low density in all the major mountain ranges. They were killed out of the states. Basically, when the pioneers came out, we pretty much decimated the habitat, but also, you know, just wantonly killed them because there was no wildlife agency to manage all of that. Um, they did have a stronghold in the northern Sierra in California, and they didn't actually start coming back into Nevada until the 1980s. Now, some people that were born in the 1990s are probably like, well, that was a long time ago, but for some of us old <laughs> folks, <laughs> that's still pretty recent. Uh, and so they have, they're still trying to make their way out and reincorporate that historic range. And so while we have a pretty solid population in western Nevada, we do get very credible sightings of bears or bear sign all over Nevada. And we have actually gotten some conflict calls out of the Ely area, or I'm sorry, Elko, Elko area. Um, Spring Creek, we had a female with a couple cubs that got into a chicken coop, and people do see bears in the rubies. Uh, we did, when I first came here in 2015, we actually had a bear in Caliente that we were trying to oh catch wow. up with. Yeah. So they do come in. Um, we caught a bear in Gerlach? It wasn't Gerlach. Somewhere out in the northeast corner. Mm. I'm, I'm not sorry that's <laughs> up on the town name but anyway it's friday morning We're caught here. a bear there and tested its dna and that dna actually came from the north sierra population huh. so you wow. would assume in northeast nevada that would be a bear that came down from idaho exactly. or maybe over from utah absolutely not it actually came from the north sierra population hmm. that was going to be my question is so is this a different population of bears but no it no. doesn't and what about the one in Caliente? Do you think that was? That bear went down to Arizona, made his way down through kind of southern Nevada and passed over into Arizona. So hmm. we never caught up with it when it was here in Nevada. Oh, so we couldn't tell if that was. Yeah, no, we never had a chance. We tried, but apparently there's a great picture of it up in a Joshua tree, which is just wow. really cool to think of. Huh. We have had quite a, not, I'm going to not gonna say quite a bit of bear activity, but we do have about once a year um, calls from 
kind of the Orvada, um, Kings River area of mm -hmm. bears pretty active in there as well. So yeah. we probably have more than we realize. Um, you know, it's it's hard when you have this population to manage to try and make it to other places in the state to tackle capture and, and marking out there. But we do, you know, we, we rely a lot on our, our outdoorsmen and women to take a let picture. Us know. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Take a picture. GPS get location, video. photo, video, just get that GPS location and we'll, we'll throw it into the database. Yeah. I think it's interesting. So, so as far as wildlife goes, 40 years is a pretty short amount of time mm -hmm. on a timeline for bears. So you think that we'll get more and more or we'll have more and more sightings? as the years go on absolutely right. yeah i have no doubt about it they're they're trying real hard to reincorporate that historic range and and uh, you know where there's a will there's a way and they'll mm -hmm. do it yeah <laughs> it's been very interesting for ashley and i because we have the moose mm -hmm. in nevada now and this it's reminds so fun. me of the moose <laughs> yeah it's so fun to talk about like all these new populations coming yes. in so it reminds me of that because people are shocked every time we post anything moose related and they're like, I didn't know we have moose in Nevada. And I feel like bears are like that if they're outside of this yeah. northwest part of the state. People right. are like, oh, my God, there's a bear in Elko. And we're like, it happens. Yeah. Or I get calls from the media. And um, I think they they want more like, is this the first time you guys have seen this and i'm like nope we're not surprised by this yeah, <laughs> yeah we've got pretty much the pop the folks that live in hawthorne have been kind of gotten pretty used in the last few years oh, yeah. gotten used to bears coming yes. into there too so nope. that was it specifically what mm -hmm. i had a few reporters calling about <laughs> yeah no i've got a we have a female with a collar on um kind of in that the mount grant area and she had a couple cubs and she probably kicked them this year and she'll have more cubs next year so yeah mount grant's a huge mountain oh so. yeah absolutely we've got <laughs> yeah. a lot of bear activity out yeah. there and that's that's a very small jump to start you know going east so is now the time of year when they would move like if you were going to see bears move off is it during hyperphagia that they would travel you know or? not necessarily outside of their home range yeah. um, a lot of the juvenile bears that are going to start kicking off and finding their own home range that's going to be throughout the summer okay. um, it basically will start sort of when those males are coming down in june to breed and then those little guys are like oh we got to get out of the way we yeah. better listen so that's kind of already started happening mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. Through yep. the summer. they're yeah. teenagers they're ready to get out and experience <laughs> go get a state. job kids. yeah <laughs> <laughs> Anything else you want to say? We're down to a minute or less. Uh, not really. Just, around. you know, everyone just be aware out there. Help us keep our bears wild. You know, we talk about the conflict stuff all the time. And we have resources for you to, to help us keep those bears wild. But um, appreciate them, love them, and uh, just keep them, keep them good. Exactly. And on our website, endow.org, we have a page dedicated to living with bears. We also have a living with wildlife page that you could find that information along with any other wildlife so check that out if this interests you and if you're living in bear country definitely take a look at that well thanks again heather it was awesome to have you on thank you for having me always a pleasure of course and thank you everyone for listening that does it for this week's nevada wild Join us again next week for our next adventure, Nevada Wild. It's a production of the Nevada Department of Wildlife.